Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview inspiring, fascinating women who are navigating aging with sass and class. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, and thank you for all of your positive feedback. I'm so grateful for all of the downloads. Please rate me on iTunes and comment, send me some love and let me know what you want to hear more about and what was your favorite episode and why it really is important. Our guest today is Andrea Flaumer and she is the author of Shopping for the Real You, which is based on the personal style counselor system of color and style analysis that has provided guidance to men and women worldwide. It's a fascinating system and we're going to hear all about it. She's currently working on the sequel, Human Harmonics, and her ebook, She's Got Good Genes, explains in detail how to shop for and where to find the perfect genes for your body and your budget. She writes about fashion and culture for local and national publications and is a guest blogger for multiple websites and is the author of a free highbrow course called The Lazy Person's Guide to a Perfect Wardrobe. And she's a dog lover. (laughs) So that makes it even better. Welcome, Andrea. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> it's so good to uh, to talk to you. There's so much good stuff to talk about. Um, do you want to do you want to start with a little bit of history, or do you want to go right sure. into the system? I'm going to let you decide. <laughs> well, I'll tell you a little bit about my history because um, I think that's something that that uh, feeds into all of this. I um, I was trained as a dancer and dance teacher. I taught for years, and I uh, also taught senior citizen exercise movement rehabilitation at a local hospital. I, um, on a personal level, I became a teacher of transcendental meditation, and I did that for forty years. Are you from the Bay Area? Yes, from the San Francisco Uh Bay Area. And so the whole idea of of being a writer was nowhere on my radar at that time. My mother was a writer, a very good writer, and I think probably back uh, in the back of my mind, I didn't want to attempt to do something that she was so good at. Uh (laughs) But uh, an unusual sequence of events occurred when I was in my 50s. It wasn't until my 50s that I started an entirely new career. And that was also because I wasn't dancing much anymore. (laughs) And uh, some friends of mine opened a store uh, for a pet supply store. They had been in high tech making very good living, mm-hmm. and they both decided they were tired of the rat race. They loved dogs, as did my husband and I, and so mm-hmm. they decided to open this pet supply store for dogs, and I was so delighted with their courage and with the fact that they were following a passion uh, instead of a dollar mm-hmm. that, that I said, well, look, I've done a little bit of writing in my life. Um, let me Let me see if I can 
get a little publicity for you. So I submitted a piece to a local magazine in their section where they feature new businesses, and they picked it up. They said, great, we, we like this. And they kept in touch with me, and about a year later, they said, hey, how would you like, because they, I, I had mentioned that I was interested in fashion. Now, mm-hmm. mind you, I had not written anything or done anything <laughs> in the field. <laughs> and a lot of people are interested in fashion, right? <laughs> That's right. A lot of people can say I'm into fashion. But they asked me to write a piece about um, lingerie stores in the Bay Area. Oh my so I, I just said yes. And the reason I said yes was that one of the things I did when I was very, much younger was I worked for a woman named Louise Hay. I don't know if you know who Louise Hay is. She's sure. Louise was um, one of the, the really pioneers of... Um, of self-development. Oh my goodness! And she's died recently, last Very year. recently, maybe? at the yeah. age of ninety, I think. And she said something to me once that was very profound. She said, "When somebody asks you to do something and you don't know how to do it, say yes, and then go learn how to do it, and mm-hmm. then and then do it with as much joy." and mm-hmm. laughter and love as you possibly can and people will want to be a part of it oh my goodness so i wrote this article about lingerie <laughs> and that was the beginning of my my experience uh as a writer and it gave me the courage to think about writing shopping for the real you because the basis of that book, having my color and style analyzed, changed my life quite literally. Wow. That's, I'm going to actually, you're probably hearing my dog right now, so I'm going to shut this door. Yeah, so um, do you want to get into the system? You described it a little bit to me, and it was so interesting because it's so multidimensional. You know, it's not just what we hear, you know, are you a winter or a spring kind of thing. Would you talk a little bit about the subtleties and the the different different elements? Yes, I'd be glad to. I had my colors first analyzed in the 19, oh, I guess it was in the 70s when it became very popular. Uh, Maybe you remember that, too. (laughs) And... um, uh, a lot of women were getting their colors analyzed. And the first time I had it done was by a young gal in Southern California, very sweet. And she did what they call draping. They have a whole bunch of fabrics that they just sort of drape over you and look at what that color does to your face. And then mm-hmm. by that, they come up with some determination of whether or not they think that color will work for you. And would you were, were you in agreement when you were getting it done? Did it resonate with you? Well, that was the funny part of it. The colors that she picked for me, I did not identify with at all. Oh, no. <laughs> and so... <clears throat> I thanked her very much, and I took the colors with me, but it always felt like a disconnect. 
And years later, when I moved to the San Francisco Bay Area, some mutual friends said to me, multiple friends said to me, no, no, you have to go to this other man and get your colors done because it's much more specific and it's very personal. And that was John Kitchener, who's my current co-author in my next book, of uh, Personal Style Counselors. And what I discovered was that they only train people who are actually artists, who have had education in art, in looking at color, in looking at, um, in understanding the color wheel, in understanding the subtleties of how light plays on things. And they go through like a two-year training program. Wow. Yeah, it's very extensive. And then when they do your colors, when they actually analyze your colors, style is a second part of it, but the color is the first part. They do more than just look at your coloring because that can be confusing. Um, most, most people understand that the color systems divide people into the what they call the seasonal color harmonies winter, spring, summer, and fall. That's an extremely limited way of looking at us. I mean, how many billions of people are there on the planet? Mm-hmm. And to think that we all fit into four color uh, themes is kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Um, there are those rare individuals. John has one client who fit into one one harmony, one season. But for most of the rest of us, we straddle multiple color harmonies. And not only is that the case, but one will influence the entire palette of the other. So, what do you mean by that? I'm not, I'm not well, sure I understand that. Okay. So if you take an archetypal winter color palette mm-hmm. and you see the person who also has a little bit of the spring palette in their coloring, Mm -hmm. and you morph them together, they influence each other. And that means that the striking colors of winter are lightened up and brightened up a little bit. I see, I see. uh Uh-huh. So there's there's a cross breeding, you might say, of these seasonal color harmonies. And it makes for just a beautiful, individual, personalized color palette. And it's so when, subtle. It is fun. When John, when John does a color palette for somebody, I'm giving him a great plug here, but that's because I believe so much in what he does, and it personally changed my life. When he does a color palette for somebody, he gives them what a a minimum of about a hundred color swatches in a little book. And so, so they have that to take with them and it's, it's very personal. It's a, a true reflection of, of their inside and their outside because it, it's not just based on, color, it is based on color, but when you get the colors right, then the inner value of the person seems to just be expressed outwardly in a very genuine and authentic way. 
You know what it reminds me of, what comes to mind is it's, it must be like coming home. That's a beautiful way to put it because I think that's what happened to me when I had my colors done. We mentioned this a little bit when you and I talked before, but and it's a concept that you understand because you're a psychologist. There's the concept of individu- individuation. Mm-hmm. A child you know, learn, uh, develops their boundaries, develops who they are, starts expressing themselves during the terrible twos. Is that correct? Am I correct mm. about that mm-hmm. in psychology? And if it's a healthy transition, then they come into their own. Well, I think for myself and a lot of other adults, that may not have been a complete transition. Uh, because I always, my mother had very different coloring than I did. It was much more dramatic. Um, And I picked up a lot of my dad's coloring. And so I spent a lot of my adult life trying to dress like my mom because she dressed beautifully, but it didn't quite work for me. Mm -hmm. And when I finally got my colors done, it felt so comfortable. I, I love the way you put it. It felt like coming home. Ah, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. This is who it's I am. hard to describe. You know, I think it's such, and, you know, we had talked about the artist's background. My mom was a professional artist, but mm. there's something almost visceral, right? I mean, like into the blood cells about this fits me. This is right. That's a beautiful way to put it and I think that you're absolutely right about that it is very personal and but the interesting side of it is that it's not always easy for people to accept and adapt and the reason for that is and I believe this is particularly true for women as they age is that you become visible when you start wearing your colors Mm-hmm. You can't hide out anymore. <laughs> you know, I think that I think this is why many people, and especially older women, I think. But I think I see this sadly in a lot of young people these days. They tend to hide out in neutrals, and to my mind, what that says is, I'm non-threatening. I'm no mm-hmm. different. I'm no different than you are. I'm not trying to be better. Um, Uh, We're all the same. Uh, That's not true of the very young, because the very young are still experimental. But I think as as women age, they tend to get afraid of color. And I would love to encourage them to even just dabble, given a chance, because there's something that happens when you start wearing your colors. And your color palette does not change significantly as you age, even though your hair color will change. These are, these are things that are consistent based on more than just your eyes, your skin, and your hair. It's deeper than that. I remember reading on your blog, I think that even if you gain or lose weight, um, they're consistent. That the, the, some of the right. shapes and the yeah, right. Your coloring, mm-hmm. your, your color stays consistent. Your personal style can change a little bit, but per, your your coloring does not change that much. You may choose to wear certain colors rather than others, but um, but the 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 ones that work best for you will remain fairly consistent. 
You know, I was just thinking as you're talking about this, um, how in stores, you know, you'll go in and we'll know like, okay, this year the Pantone color is, you know, the violet or the purple. And, oh, everybody this year is wearing this and this year. So this is really the opposite <laughs> of, you know, what, what, what style is prescribed. It's more about what really works for me. That's a completely different orientation. It is indeed. And it's, you've mentioned my, my number one um, bugaboo. Uh, what I say in my book, in Shopping for the Real You, is that once you get your colors done, when you find them, and that year that you find them in the stores, mm-hmm. buy them and buy them in multiples because they won't be around next year. Um, you know, I think I understand why retailers do this. It makes it easier. It makes it less expensive um, to just have a limited palette for one year and show just those colors. But... What it means is that some of the more interesting, some of the more subtle ones uh, are harder to find. You'll find them in Europe. You'll find them uh, in in the higher-end fashion. But it makes it harder for people who are not going to be buying couture to, mm-hmm. to find them. So when you do find them, I encourage people to to buy multiples that year and wear them with pride and take care of them, take care of your clothes and wear them for a period, you know, for years. Wow. I have this uh, expression that um, in one of the sections in, um, I have an online course about Mm -hmm. wellness and talking about, um, you know, how you eat or how you exercise. And one of the things I will say is you are the expert on your own body. And it sounds like that is also uh, relevant to what you're saying. You are the expert on what looks good on you and what feels comfortable. I think that's so true. I think we have a, you know, when we trust our gut instead of what a salesperson or even people very close to us say about our attire, we usually make the right choice. Mm-hmm. If, if, you're, if you put something on and something on a gut level tells you that you're feeling inauthentic or, mm-hmm. that you're, or you're creating a fictionalized version of yourself, then you know that there's something that's not quite right. Um, and so, yes, I would agree with you, and I love that concept. I think, I think we, have a cert- we have body wisdom Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a very good way to consider this. And so getting your colors and style done should be not as if somebody's superimposing their idea on you, but they're giving you the tools to unfold what is genuine and authentic on the inside of you and express that outwardly. Wow. Wow. I mean, what a... What a powerful tool as we talk about on the podcast and in some of my other work this idea of you know as you age there's this real uh 
drive to say, okay, what am I going to do with my precious time? Mm. These are my talents. How am I going to use them? And it's this sort of distillation of what's important, what's real. Um, and it sounds like this, this provides, um, a, a, an important aspect of that. This is who I am. This is what I bring to the world. And I have the freedom now because I'm not taking care of kids. I'm not caretaking this one. I'm not, you know, all caught up in a lot of other stuff as a younger woman. I have the time now to say, how can I bring, bring my, my whole self to the rest of my life? That's beautiful, Nicole. That's beautiful. I And I think, you know, it's important to keep in mind we're not doing this just to impress the outside world mm-hmm. we're, we're doing this to make a statement i'm alive i deserve to be here i want to be here because you know our our biggest judgment comes when we look in the mirror mm-hmm. and this we would think and i even say that in the beginning of my book you would think that the whole concept of how we look is is superficial but that's just not true um it's it's an expression of how we show up in the world mm-hmm. it says to the world um it it expresses a lot you know i mean just as posture having having taught dance and movement i talk about this a lot to my older clients and people that i work with that there is a posture uh that some people have as they age that i call the posture of defeat mm-hmm. you know it's those slumped shoulders head down it's the way mm-hmm. the kids look when they're looking at their cell phones all right, the time. Right. <laughs> and so if you, you that can be translated into how we we dress and it creeps up in little ways maybe we throw on something that might we you know wore 6 days in a row I don't mind wearing things three days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're going to, yeah, six is uh <laughs> I feel very fine doing that. But I right. mean, maybe, it, maybe it, um, it becomes like, oh, this has a little stain on it. Well, nobody will notice. Oh, or, right. oh, I forgot to, to re-sew the button onto that. Uh, who cares? That, that thing, nobody will notice. Who cares? Uh, you know, and there's one thing about being comfortable. I understand that because I dress mostly for comfort. Mm-hmm. But when you dress for comfort that makes you feel or look, again, uh, like you've sort of given up when you look in the mirror, it feeds back to you. It's mm-hmm. like you, you think, if if you feel like if you look like you've given up you start to feel like you've given up and so i don't encourage people to to make how they dress and what they wear the center point of their lives you have a life <laughs> you have a meaningful life that's more than what you're wearing but everything matters as long as we're alive, everything matters. And the details matter because they indicate that you care enough about yourself that other people should care about you too. Mm-hmm. So there's something to that. You know, if, you, if you've spent a lot of time around quite elderly people, um, they, 
the ones who remain in life are the ones who are interactive and who are dynamic and who are conversant with the world. And so, and with their families and with the people around them, they stay alive. And so, dressing in a way that shows that we have uh, pride in ourselves and that we care enough about the people we interact with to present our best self to them is, is a way to keep the juices flowing. So I see this not just as, oh, you're learning to wear the nice colors and that's a pretty scarf that you have on today. But wow, when you wear that, you come alive. Oh, wow. Wow. I, I think you're talking also, you know, about self-respect. That's very much the case. You know, Absolutely. I see sometimes kids, these teenagers or young adults or full adults, going to the grocery store in what basically look like their pajamas. Yeah. Well, actually, that's one of the styles these days is pajamas, which is kind of crazy. But... Um, yeah, we've gotten, I mean, even the reality is that even in the world of fashion, they've gone a little crazy now. So it is important <laughs> to understand your, you know, style and this sort of thing. But, um, yeah, it really is a matter of self-respect. It's a matter of, uh, you know, I think so many women right now are really grasping and running with their power and and saying uh, who they are and standing up for who they are and not taking anything that's going to diminish that light mm-hmm. and so and so part of that that self-respect part of that power part of expressing who they are is doing it in a way that validates who they are as human beings and when you have this integration of who you are on the outside and how you express yourself and how you look to the outside world, mm. then that increases your power. Mm-hmm. So I would say it's an empowering, you know, it's, an, it's something that's empowering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, uh, you know, as you're talking, I'm just thinking about how much deeper, you know, this goes, as you say, than just saying, oh, you know, she knows how to put herself together. It's so much more subtle and so much deeper. Um, I think about wearing cashmere mm-hmm. and how just delicious that feels. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at a, at a, even maybe a subtle level, having that experience through the day, feeling that cashmere sweater on your arms, you know, knowing that it's a luxury fabric and maybe not having 10 sweaters, but having three sweaters. That's, that's perfect. First of all, you mentioned cashmere, which is, which I'm wearing right now as we speak and is my favorite textile. Um, but yeah, and that's the other thing. I mean, I would like to give your, your listeners a few tips that might help. Please Um, do. And you just gave the first one, which is buy fewer, but buy better. 
Okay. Because when you buy better, it lasts longer, mm-hmm. it looks better, and you feel better about yourself when you wear it. And mm-hmm. also, it tends to not be as trendy. It tends to be something that, that has longevity. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I want to encourage people to do is if they're looking to try to determine what colors they might wear, I think people have a general idea by the time they're, they're mature of the colors that will work for them. Mm-hmm. I would say do one thing first. Look at all the colors in the iris of your eyes. Because most people, if you look very carefully, have multiple colors in the iris of their eyes. Mm-hmm. You can wear any one of those colors. And also, if you wear a color that maybe matches your hair or is in one of the shades, like let's say you like blues, it's one of the, you love blue, but if that specific blue makes your eyes look dull, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not the right color. Okay. The right colors have to be the ones that make your eyes in particular look bright. Right. And so I would say look for the colors that are in your eyes and, and check the color against how it makes your, your eyes look. And mm. I think, you know, those, those basic things, going for quality and doing something that makes your face and your eyes shine forward... Mm-hmm. Are the, those are those are just practical tools that can help you. Do you feel comfortable talking about retailers that you particularly like? You know, it's so individual, and I actually I shop online a lot. Okay. Um, so it it really depends on what your style is. For me personally, I can find a lot of things at Nordstroms that I like. Uh, I like. Uh, uh, for sweaters, believe it or not, Land's End has really high quality cashmere. Yes. Um, I, but for a lower price point with also very good value is Uniqlo, U-N-I-Q-L-O. Uh, it's very reasonable. They market mostly to younger people, but they have beautiful oh. blouses and cashmere sweaters and wool and cotton. I also, I'm sure if I, if I had more time, I would think of others. There's, I think those are good places to start with. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, I think also have some basic, fundamental basics in your wardrobe yep. that work for your body and then add color. Okay. You know, I think uh, mm-hmm. if you're wearing, uh, the best way to wear a color is from the waist up so that your face expresses it. Oh, that is just so beautiful. It's about accentuating who you are, not saying, oh, look at these pretty clothes I have on. Exactly. One of the things I say in the book is if somebody says to you, and I think this is probably a a good way to close, because I know we're near the end of time. If somebody says to you, wow, what a great jacket, what a great dress, you can be grateful for their appreciation of your uh, your in <laughs> your taste, but if they say, "Wow, you look great in that," mm-hmm. then you know mm-hmm. it's a winner. 
Do you also do uh, coordinate this with makeup colorings, or is that a completely different animal? I personally do not, but my uh, I mostly just do closet analysis and help people go through their clothes and shop. But John Kitchener and the people that he has trained mm-hmm. through, through personal style counselors, and there are now uh, four of them around the country, and he also does Skype consultations, mm-hmm. they do makeup consultations as well. Do you do Skype consultations? Um, I do fashion uh, Skype consultations. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. And um, where is the best place for someone to find you if they want to follow up? Because this is, you know, I, I'm, I maybe you're finding this yourself, but there's so much here that I was unaware of, completely unaware of. And I think the listeners would really appreciate knowing more and also um, knowing how to contact you. Thank you so much, Nicole. Uh, yes, the best way to reach me is um, at my website, Andrea at... Mm-hmm shoppingfortherealyou.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's the same name yeah. as the book, Shopping for the Real You. Andrew okay. And I have a Facebook page, which is also called Shopping for the Real You. Okay. I post there regularly, and I always respond to readers' comments, although I had one post last year that got 18 million <laughs> views and I was not able to respond to all of them because Facebook wouldn't show them all to me. Oh <laughs> my I would not goodness. have responded either. Was that the one with uh, Judy Dench and, and Maggie Smith? Maggie Smith? Yeah. In fact, this is a good way to, to, to conclude what I wrote about him. It was a picture of Judy Dench and Maggie Smith, and it simply said, two divine women, no intense plastic surgery, no heavy makeup. We just love and appreciate them for who they are. And so I think authenticity shines through. And the reason I still love color and style is that you can use those to express your authenticity. And there's nothing more attractive than when someone is being truly themselves. I completely agree. (laughs) (laughs) It has been such a delight to speak with you, Andrea, and I've learned so much. And I love your, your passion and how, you know, this is a whole body experience for you. <laughs> Thank you for recognizing that. I appreciate that. You, you do a wonderful show, and it's, you're a great interviewer, Nicole. Thank you so much, and I am going to put these links up, and then people will be able to reach you, and I'm sure they'll, they'll want to hear more and get your book, and then I will be looking out for your new book, too, so I'll be following you on Facebook. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Welcome. 
What an interesting topic. I never thought color could be so important on such a deep, almost spiritual level. Do you remember the Michael Moore movie, Roger and Me, when the woman got her colors done and then realized they were all wrong? If you want to get your colors expertly done, you can contact Andrea and she'll guide you to someone local. And apparently they have to go through significant training that takes two years. And these folks have to be artists. So it's pretty intense. Andrea Flammer is another woman who has totally reinvented herself at 50 through writing a little piece about her friend's new pet store. We really never know what's going to lead to a major transformation, do we? One little step can make a huge difference. I also really appreciated her recommendations at the end of our interview. Now I'm going to go look at my irises. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. Please comment, rate me on iTunes, like and share. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com and tell me what you'd like to hear more about. Want more zest? Head over to NicoleChristina.com forward slash Zestful Aging where you can find out about my online course, Zestful Aging, Simple and Sustainable Habits for Health and Longevity. See you next time.